0: Today, I've got a very special interview interviewing Megan Haley. Megan was somebody I met a few years back who actually worked with me with BioOptimizers and helped me develop from the ground up an influencer marketing program that started to generate six figures within around six to 12 months. And it opened up new possibilities, new relationships, and just ever-flowing opportunity funnel of new partnerships. And this built us a brand. This built new influencer marketing channels and assets and so many more things. So today we're going to talk about what she's doing because she's now moved on to developing her own company called Wellness Influence. And we're going to kind of pick her brain on the most advantageous ways to get started with influencers, the ways not to waste money, the most common mistakes and how to avoid them. And really just what are the trends that are emerging as things continuously change and how to work with partners the right way to get noticed, to get the phone picked up and to outreach them effectively. So everything you need to start the influencer marketing program from the ground up, as well as a couple advanced strategies and how to approach it with the right mindset so that you actually go through with it, follow through with it, because this won't be easy, but we're going to go through some of the common things that will be roadblocks for you. And hopefully after this episode, you'll feel confident, about starting your journey with working with influencers. And trust me, it's a great journey to get on. So let's get into it. Welcome everyone to the Partner Up Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Viancourt, a former introverted small towner who now adds value to businesses by sharing the most effective ways to grow and scale using affiliate and influencer partnership strategies. I'll share the lessons I've learned over the past 15 years while helping my clients generate more than hundred million in sales. We'll also dive into productivity hacks, mindset, and the newest trends from real case studies and expert interviews. You're just one partnership away from changing your business. Get ready, partner up, and profit. Let's get into it. Before we get into the episode, make sure to visit PartnerUpProfits.com to get access to my library of systems, tools, templates, and courses to help you and your teams level up in affiliate and influencer marketing strategies. The Bootstrapper's Guide to Influencer Marketing is the go-to resource for making sense of how to profitably start, build, and scale an influencer marketing program, and it's got over two hours of free video lessons along with a resource guide. And I'm constantly adding new things to make your life easier with plug and play tools and templates. And it doesn't stop at influencer marketing. So if you like done for you systems and free stuff, then be sure to go to partnerupprofits.com and join the community today. Megan Haley, welcome to the Partner Up Profits podcast. I'm excited to chat with you. We've chatted so much in the past and it's some of my favorite conversations. So welcome today.
1: Thank you so much, Joey, for having me on. So excited to chat with you today.
0: Before we get started, what's something interesting that people might not know about you?
1: Well, Well, that's a good question. I mean, if you don't follow my social media, then you wouldn't know that I'm really into competitive pickleball now. But if you do follow me, then that would be pretty obvious.
0: <laughs> one of the many surprises of Megan, and there's a few more I'd like to share. For those of you who don't know, Megan uh, has been a big part of my life in business. And, you know, we became good friends by working together with Bioptimizers and Utopia. And I was basically a, a team of one person around, it was like six, seven years ago. I forget the I, I'm horrible timelines, but... Uh, basically we were looking for somebody to come in and really start doing influencer marketing better than what we were capable of doing. So we did a lot of podcast ads, but then we were thinking like, we really need to get in the influencer game. So I had a strategy, I had an idea, but it wasn't really an influencer and I didn't really know the world. I just knew that there was an opportunity. Wade, our our president, uh, he had a conversation with you at an expo, I think. And like, <laughs> he, I remember him talking about you and saying, you know, this this young lady, this young woman has a lot of potential and we had a great conversation. I think she'd be a great fit. And I think like six months went by and nothing really happened. So we weren't really hiring at the time. But then, you know, to your credit and one of the power moves, the partner power moves that we go through each episode too, like you didn't stop following up. You kept following up. You were relentless. And eventually we're like, okay, it's time to like, you know, make her an offer. Let's get her on the team. Let's get going. So we went from a team of one, we grew the teams. Um, and Megan, you're like the first hire, I think, I actually did with the team and the company. So it's mm-hmm. always cool. That's I'm always honored. a special place in my heart. And we had some great times. And Megan was um, an integral part of building an influencer marketing machine with influencers and our brand and how it looked and how it felt and merch and everything. So your attention to detail for brands is like one of the best I've ever seen. And I can't thank you enough for everything that you've done For me, for the company, and I'm just excited to share everything and all the wins you've been seeing with your own business as well, thriving.
1: Well, thanks for saying that, Joey. I mean, honestly, I was thinking about it and really a lot of my current success in life and how I think and how I approach things is because of what I've learned from you, as well as Matt Glant and Wade Lightheart and how you guys shaped my way of thinking and my world to see things in a way of systems and process and growth and testing and all these things. And now I apply that to everything I do. And it's really been amazing. So I have so much gratitude to you, all you guys at Bioptimizers for allowing me to even explore that. But um, going back to how we first met, actually, it's so funny because I I met way Lightheart at a conference, and I was fresh out of undergrad university looking for a position where I could use my nutrition background because I'm a trained holistic nutritionist, um, as well as my new business degree, and help a company grow. And I met Wade at a conference, and we had some really incredible chats. And I left there with like a notepad full of like, look up this thing and read this book, all these resources. Yeah. Wow, this is, st- I'm a learner, and I love, you know, if you give me any piece of advice or information. I love it. I take it and I run with it. And Wade did that. Who is this guy? I have to follow up with this guy. I have to work for him. I have to be around him. Like This is the vibe that I want for my future and for my career. And so I followed up with Wade every excuse I could. And it's so funny because I was looking back to my emails and I was talking about so much nonsense like, oh, I like rent this book and I got this takeaway and thank you for telling you about this podcast and I would relate everything back to our conversation because like I said, I got so much value from it. And I remember I just needed to stay on the top of his radar, like hire me, hire me, hire me because they weren't hiring at the time, but I wanted to be in the front of his brain and not be ignored when that opportunity came. So I remember Canadian Thanksgiving came and I wished him a Canadian Thanksgiving, happy Canadian Thanksgiving And sends him a nice message. And then American Thanksgiving came. And I remember he moved, he just moved to California. So I'm like, oh, I can wish him an American Thanksgiving too now. So I had more reasons and I was sending more messages. And really, like it was like six months. And then, and then of course he put me through the grueling hiring process with the cognitive assessment, the predictive (laughs) index, like hours of all these tests and hours of interviews. And then finally I passed. And I think. I think my official title at the time was affiliate manager, which was interesting because my role evolved into more of the influencer side of things, but that's how it all came to be. And I'm really grateful for that. I think it set the tone for how my role with Optimizers did evolve with you over time and growing our amazing team and being able to learn from you and all those things that came with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that means a lot to me, by the way. So thank you. And and you made it easy, like you were the first hire, but you're also a great learner and you're eager. You're kind of like a captain, you you lean forward. I I I love every part of that. And it it was was a great experience. Uh, But for those of you listening, listen, like if you're looking to get hired by a great company, this is the approach to take, you know, and you might say like you're looking to get hired, but you weren't really always coming at it that way. You're really looking to connect and just genuine connection. And I, I, even if you're not looking to get hired, that's the way to stay alive in this business and this network, in my opinion. I often go in just with a how-to-support-you mentality, of course, like we all do, but I genuinely do it. And I'm genuinely interested in the person and not just what I get out of this because I'm pretending to be in it for them, et cetera, right? So I think there's a, there's a certain level of um, authenticity that you need to bring to the table. But if you're looking to get hired by a great company, that's the way to do it, all right? It, and it wasn't an easy journey, but never give up. And um, a couple of things I wanted to mention too. So first off, Megan has is, is Pablo still with us? is, is, is she or Yes. He around? Okay, so she, Pablo the gender
1: know, fluid buddy. <laughs>
0: Pablo's this wonderful little mascot bunny that came into Megan's life and you know we've this bunny was in actual assets that we ran with the company. but she's originally from Canada. She likes country music and she's in the pickleball. so like those are all really cool things. But more important to her skill set, guys, everyone listening to this podcast, like tune in if you're looking to get into influencer marketing and do, do it the right way, including specializing in, in branding, product seeding, and a couple other things Megan's going to teach us on how to do today. But she does have 10 years of experience in marketing, both experiential and D2C. She's become an expert in strategic partnerships, understanding both the brand side and the partner slash influencer side of deals and how they can lead to the most optimal situations for both parties. She's a founder of Wellness Influence, and her main focus is launching influencer product seeding programs for mission-focused brands. And she's passionate about mental health, and she's the executive director of the nonprofit, the Open Chair Foundation. So an amazing backstory, all wonderful titles. But what's going to translate for you listening today is just how to get started influencer marketing, how to do it right, how to stop making either costly or dumb mistakes, and we've all made them. All right, so we're gonna to try to fast track this for you. And this is like going back in the day to a conversation we used to have behind closed doors on what we were doing together. And like, we'd have many wonderful strategy sessions. So we're gonna do exactly that for you today. And um, yeah, let's get into it. But first off, before we we jump into some questions, I really wanna, it's been a while since we've connected uh, you know, on strategy. So I know you've learned a lot and I've learned a lot. I wanna like mind meld a little bit today. But would you agree with the statement that like, so here's the way I look at uh, influencer marketing. Beyond everything that people, consider regarding influencer marketing, what it is. To me, it's one of the most effective ways to create a brand and evolve from just being a a product. I don't know if you like resonate with that.
1: Yeah. And I think I'll take that one step further. And I think the real value behind influencer marketing for brands is the brand association. So the mental connection that now Mm -hmm. your product has with that individual and all of their positive characteristics, it's also called in social psychology, the halo effect. So if I really like Joey and Joey's really known for being a health guru and now Joey's promoting Bioptimizer's Magnesium Breakthrough, I'm gonna pay attention to that and I'm going to take an easier path to decision-making, which is also called a heuristic, and choose to buy that product based on Joey's recommendation. So I don't have to do as much research because I trust and like Joey. And so therefore, the product, I also must trust and like.
0: Mm, that's powerful. And you said halo effect. I also like the, the term too, that's kind of thrown around is like the omni-channel effect, which is a little bit of the uh, partnership opportunities that start to spill over once you start to connect with influencers because of word of mouth. It's mm-hmm. like fire networking. And I, it's a great segue to the first question I have, but really, influencer marketing, in my opinion, isn't a uh, a quick fix to make a bunch of money. Um, it's it's really a long-term approach. It's got long tail dividends, and there's ways to kind of you know crack it and make some money. But to do it the right way, and this is really what we want to do. We want to build something that's self-sustainable, and people are selling even whenever you're not in the room. They're talking about you. You know, like you're you're the point of conversation, and they're introducing you to their friends because they just love you so much. But big question: How do you uh-huh. know if influencer marketing? is right for your business?
1: It definitely depends on the nature of the business because, and I'll say this from experience because I recently started a medical company, and with medical companies there's a lot more regulations with marketing and referral fees and um, like paying out any commissions and stuff. So it does depend on the nature of the industry. However, you just might have to get more creative with how you use influencer marketing, and I would also say that influencer marketing—you don't have to think of the influencers as people with hundreds of thousands of followers. You can think of the micro influencers. So that could be a more general approach for everybody if you don't know where to
0: start. That's a good point, point. and you know we hear the term—you know, if you're in influencer marketing, you'll hear vanity metrics. Vanity metrics is like how a person looks on paper, but it's not necessarily their level of engagement. You don't know where their audience is located. So there's a lot of like little nuances and things you got to figure out and understand. And that's the reason why I start with that question. Influencer marketing may not be for your business, but we're going to go and unpack a little bit more of this. And if you're already into it, we want to fast track the results you're going to get. So I guess for people that are like, hey, listen, Megan, Joey, I'm in. Like, I want to do this. What's the advice to people starting out in influencer slash affiliate influencer marketing programs before they get started? What are the things that they can avoid doing that are maybe costly or like, You know, dumb mistakes.
1: Right. Well, first, I want to preface this by saying I look at influencer marketing as a whole as number one goal should be brand awareness. Number two goal should be content. And number three goal can be conversions, but in that order. And I would expect the conversion part is a nice to have, but I wouldn't expect that or want that to be your number one goal. And if that is, you might be going into it with the wrong approach. So that being said.
0: Well, just yeah, what's some advice? I I think you're on to it. I think you're saying that like, don't go after the dollar right away. Because the dollar may just be a longer tail effect. It might take the halo effect to take place. The Uh omni-channel to kick in. In the month one, month two, month three, you may not be profitable. And listen, I've heard people come to me and I've had a lot of conversations like this. I tried an agency, they didn't work, I I hate influencer marketing. And it's like, well, that's short-sighted. Like, you know, or I tried one or two influencers, they didn't work. It's like, again, you know, would you test one or two Facebook ads? No. So I'm trying to get to the root of like, what are the things that people need to just say, I'm committed to this, I'm going all in. And I think you're touching on it. It's like, you have to be ready to say, awareness is the primary metric here. And then all the way down to the revenue is a nice to have. And of course we all need to make money and, and back out investments. Uh But like you may not be able to judge an influencer marketing campaign the same as you would a Facebook ad. Um, Especially if you're putting dollars in today to a Facebook ad, you get dollars out tomorrow. You can make instant decisions. I've had deals, and I know you've probably experienced it too, you're signing an influencer and things take off like month four, five, or six. Uh Time to wait. And if you've never done it, you're like, oh my God, what did I just do? I just put $5,000 in this influencer or whatever to the campaign. So I think that what I'm asking is like, are there is there any starting points that you could recommend to people to like do things the right way and have the right mindset?
1: Yeah, a good way also would be um, if you track your brand's social media metrics, because sometimes you'll just yeah. get followers and that can be worth it. And also make sure that you, prepare creative briefs for whoever you work with because then you're giving them some guidance on the type of content that you want because at the end of the day if you're not getting the conversions or the results you want from that influencer campaign you could always repurpose that content and put ad spend behind it or use it on a sales page and make money from it in other ways so you have to think about it in terms of making the revenue back beyond that initial transaction so that's one way to do it and then I think also Look at how you can start small, but I would say don't wait to get started. Just get started. Do something because influencer marketing, it's evolving, it's growing, it's changing. The algorithm changes every day. The creator economy changes every day. So now is the time to get in because you have to strike while it's hot and it's still hot and it's really, really growing. Start with product seeding or what's also known as gifting campaigns. Maybe you don't have a big test budget to work with, but you want to try things out, get some feedback, see what type of content you can get back, or even what type of creators are responding to your product and who really likes your product and whose audience likes your product. So you can just gift people product, which means you're going to ship them a nice box or just whatever you have, because the um, influencers are also pretty mindful of startups and small businesses. And that's kind of nice that they respect that and are willing to work with you however they can. And give them product, have them try it out, get feedback, get testimonials, hope that they post. Maybe they don't post in feed, but maybe they can post a story with a link. And then try to get them set up as an affiliate. If that's, if you have an affiliate program, that's how you could track also metrics and results and link clicks. So there's a lot of different ways to get started. And it can be overwhelming because. It's the wild, wild west, but that, it's just important to do something so you can start to have some data to work with, and then you can know what direction that you want to go in in the future.
0: Mm, yeah, right on. I mean, those are all key key takeaways. I think the number one thing that you need to do is decide with the end in mind, like you said, have a strategy, and 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 practice it right it's not going to be perfect out of the gate you're going to get a lot of no's you're going to get some yeses and it's going to get better you have to evolve you have to test measure grow evolve that's like one of the core values that we recognize with optimizers so i think that the other thing too is one thing with influencers is going to be very specific as as to what you're asking for so if you're doing a gifting campaign like megan said creative briefs or what we call playbooks or whatever you want to call them but basically what are the talking points because you might take for granted that this influencer should know that this product does this They don't necessarily know. They'll just go grab it and maybe they'll, you know, give a really botched version of what you want them to say. So be specific in both what you're asking for in terms of deliverable, but also what you want them to talk about and leave room for creative interpretation. You know, like they can say what they want, but it's always good to provide some good marketing and good copy to influencers to take the guesswork out. One question I want to get into right away, because everyone's always asking, and, and by the way, everyone, Megan is an influencer herself she's starting her own pickleball channel. So check her out as she continues to dominate the world championships one day. But like, how do you outreach influencers, right? Do you DM them? Do you email them? Do you send like a blimp across their house? Like what's the best way in these days and where do you see it going?
1: There is no best way because everybody is different. And for example, you, Joey, might be on Snapchat most of your time or maybe you're on email and then I'm over here. I'm on Instagram all the time. I never check my emails, so you really have to meet the person where they're at, which will take some figuring out, but you just have to be relentless, and I like to just hit them up on all platforms. So what I'll do usually, this usually seems to work, is you follow them on Instagram. Um, you can try from a brand account or actually have a lot more success from my personal account. I think just because people can see that I'm a real person, I have a connection to the brand, by maybe something on my page or in my bio, because there's a lot of scammers out there. And then send a personalized message. So if I'm outreaching them on Instagram, I'll maybe follow them, like a few of their posts, send them something personal, like, hey, I heard you did this podcast interview. And the part where you spoke about how females should be investing in the stock market really resonated with me because I just don't hear as many celebrities talking about the importance of females investing. Um, thank you so much for that, by the way. And then lead into it, but it shows that you took the time to see what they have going on in their life, that it's not a mass outreach message. And usually that works the best. Um, you could follow that up with an email or vice versa. So you could send that message over email and then follow up with them in the Instagram DM saying, Hey, I sent you an email, would love to work with you. You know, you always have to go into it thinking what's in it for them. And standing out with like catchy subject lines, which I learned from you. So something they can't resist in the subject line to pique their curiosity or create an open loop and hit them up on all angles. Also really good for this to get in touch with somebody if you can't for some reason find their contact information is hunter.io. So you can scale their website and find all different emails associated with their domain. And then also what always works is the warm introduction. Social media and the internet give us so many tools and resources and we can really look into people's lives and what they're interested in and who they're connected to and maybe just by following someone on instagram you can see they also follow another person that person was commenting on their photo or they have a photo together and you know they know each other and you know that person and then it's just a matter of getting the introduction
0: so for me i think that what resonated the most is there is no best way and and there really isn't and it's so some people might ask should i dm them or should i email them I just like to cast like it's like a shotgun approach or a wide net. you know So try a bunch of different things. Some things are gonna work, some things aren't. I'm a big measuring guy. I like to calculate, okay, how many outreach messages that I send? How many replies that I get from that one? Okay, it looks like my close rate's 25%. Um, I'm gonna try a different approach next week with a different set of people. And it's hard because everyone's different prospects, so how they behave is different. But you're gonna start to get a benchmark. And that's really what you're trying to set, and then you're trying to beat that benchmark. It's just like anything related to sales. You're trying to beat your number in some way. Authenticity, I think that's another big one. Now, how can people be genuine and authentic? And I think you touched on them, and I'll give you an example before you answer somebody will follow me as an example and they'll like like 10 of my posts right away and I'll get like 10 notifications and I'm like okay clearly they're about to send me a message or something so how can you do this maybe like or what's the impression people get when you're doing this and they kind of see through it it's like obviously she's making an effort but like she also wants something from me or do you feel like they just they don't really tune into that and they're just thankful that you know that you're actually making an effort as opposed to just kind of mass spamming them? I think it
1: depends on what you're going in with and what your message says. Because if you're offering to send them a package of pretty high value items that they might be interested in based on their profile, what you can see about their interests, then they might be happy to just get that free package. And also in the wording... I like to word it with no obligation because there's so much pressure. And the last thing that the influencer, the creator wants is you to come back and be like, hey, I sent you this and you didn't post, which some brands have done to people, uh, which I think is horrible practice. But, you know, it's that's so transactional, but it happens. So going into it with like, hey, just wanted to send you this. I would love for you to try it. I would love your feedback. So kind of asking for almost like advice, like you value their opinion. No obligation to post. Let me know your best address and I'll send it out right away also seen something cool that I haven't done this yet, but I'd like to share it with you because I could see you doing something really cool with it for my optimizers. And if I was still in my position, I would test this out. So there's a software called Hyperize and you can do personalization to messages like video messages. And so what I would like to test would be holding up a great Optimizers PR with all the goodies. And what this software and this AI can do is you can write that person's name on the box with Sharpie, but it's not actually on the box. So okay. I could, this is what I would do. I would say, hey, Joey, Megan here from BioOptimizer's. I have a package here with your name on it. I'd love to send it to you to try out no obligation. I think you'll really like the products. Let me know your best address and I'll get it out to you right away. So.
0: Hyperize.
1: Hyperize. That's I'm what right. I would be doing because it would just be, cool to see how people react because it's pattern interrupt because now all of a sudden they're seeing their name on a package and they don't know that it's AI. Nobody knows that because yeah. it, it looks very real. People do it with um. the person I found out about this from Carl. He uses it for his outreach to have guests on his podcast. Mm. And he goes and sits at Starbucks with a Starbucks cup and has the potential guest name on the Starbucks cup. And he says, Hey, I'm here at Starbucks. I'd love to have a coffee together sometime would love to have you on my show and it works every single
0: time that's 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 a new one and i i know i don't really hear a lot of new ones so there's a question i'm gonna ask later and i think we just had our answer to something else in later in the podcast episode but take note was it hyperize.io uh, or what's the uh, extension
1: eyes, i'm not sure the extension
0: okay well free f- yeah Cool. highprize.com I'm going to check it out after this. Um, and I like to have a playbook of all these outreach met- methods. But I think like, you know, even if it is AI, I'm a fan of great marketers and great people that are doing outreach. Like I'll take note, you know, because I get hit up by copywriters all the time. It's like, hey, I noticed your site's great. And it's I can reckon. I'm like all oh, this, you know, junk, junk, junk. So make an effort. And people understand that it is an effort, and that maybe there's an AI component to this video that's tailored to them. But I'm interested. I'm intrigued by that. Like I'm, I'm an ever learner, and like I want to continue my education and just understand how how can I use that there. So I'm a fan of marketing and copy too. So I, I like that idea. How do we not lose money with influencers? I hear this a lot. People are like I tried influencer marketing. I lost ten thousand dollars. So like. I get that awareness is a big component of this and how you leverage the awareness is is up to you, by the way. The influencer's responsibility, I just want to like preface this with like, if you're not doing with the marketing asset to your advantage, then yeah, you're wasting your money in a really dumb way, in my opinion, because okay. do not a plan. You're expecting that just to hit and make 10,000 bucks back. No, it's not going to cut it. And I've, I've flown like that a couple of times and that's reckless. <laughs> and I'm trying to learn how to leverage things better, both from like let's use it in our marketing asset. Let's use it in a Facebook ad. Let's And you have to do some licensing. There's some agreements to be done. But like, is there anything else people can do to not just send $10,000 out the window with an influencer or like develop the mindset on how to leverage these pieces in a more beneficial way?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. It is all about the mindset going into it because you can't be naive and think that that $10,000 on one post is going to come back and make you millions. And that's never going to be the case. And you as the marketer are responsible for making that asset make money. So you have to have a plan for that. And also it has to be in alignment with all of your other marketing goals. So it's really important that the whole team is in sync. Okay, what are our campaigns? What's our focus? And then from there, you as the influencer marketing manager can build now your own campaigns and go after those people to work with that fit those goals that support The rest of your department or the rest of your organization. So different ways to repurpose it. You could post it on your brand's Instagram page or social media channels. That's a good one. One that's often underutilized, or maybe just a lot of marketers still don't know about it, is the white listing. It's also called dark posting, and they've been changing the name of it. But it's essentially where the post get to run through Facebook Business Ads Manager through the creator's account. So in your case, it wouldn't be a optimizers listed ad. It would be under Megan Haley on my account, and I would be promoting your products and your links, and you would be putting the ad spend behind it. But it's a little bit more inconspicuous to the consumer, which tends to perform better because it doesn't look as much like an ad. It looks like I, Megan Haley, posted this and it's coming up organically in somebody's feed. So you can use influencer content like that to make the money back, but you absolutely have to have a plan, at least if not just why you're trying to build up your content arsenal, because content is money. The influencer isn't necessarily money, but their, their content is. And getting the rights and usage of that should be a critical part of the deal, because I'm going to pay you $10,000 if I can't use that piece of content. This is the biggest mistake that most people new to influencer marketing make. They don't get the rights and usage, then you're never going to see that money again because you can't do anything with the asset. It's useless.
0: It's it's so true. Um and I'm thinking of like other ways that I've leveraged pieces. So one, influencers also provide personality to your brand. It makes it look like, oh, people are trying this product. It's not just so corporate style, you know what I mean? It adds some personality. It adds some faces to it beyond just you telling people, my product's the greatest. But you have people vouching for you now. So that's obviously the awareness component. But then also understanding what to do with the assets. So marketing materials, getting the licenses in place before or after or during, but making sure that you know that. And it's really having like an exit strategy. Exit's maybe the bad word, but it's like, a productive strategy what you're gonna do with this influencer beyond just, I need to make that $10,000 back from this post. That's not gonna probably be the case in most, maybe 80% of the time. So I like the idea of the UGCs. And just for those people who are kind of tuning in, there's different ways to say it. You might have heard dark posts, creator licensing, whitelisting. You kind of touched on it a little bit. Maybe like what makes UGC so powerful? And if people have never heard that, like, sorry, creator licensing and whitelisting, is that easy to get into? Like how hard is it to set that up on your own if you're like just starting in this?
1: A lot of people don't know how to do it and they don't know how, don't have the figure it out attitude to try to Mm -hmm. figure it out because if it's not that difficult, you could go through third-party softwares like Lumanu is one where it just one click, the creator connects their account to now your uh, business manager so you can just run it through there or they could set it up within Facebook or Meta directly. So it's not that difficult. You just have to go through the steps to figure it out. And a lot of the times also, like how most marketers are still underutilizing this tool and not aware of it, a lot of the influencers or creators are not aware of it either not aware that they could maybe make extra money with the licensing seat or how to set it up. So you might have to educate them on, hey, this is a good opportunity for you as well, because I'm going to put paid media spend behind amplifying your content as well as here's how to set it up and make it as seamless as possible for them. Because you just, I think with everything, like as easy as you can make things for people, the more compliant that they're going to be and the less blockers because as soon as on either side, on the marketer side, on the influencer or creator side, if there's any points of friction, it's not good for the relationship and it might just fizzle out. And I say that because a lot of the time I see points of friction being contracts and all the negotiation back and forth. And I see so many deals just die in that process and so trying to make things as seamless as possible for everybody that's why you give them the creative brief and everything that they need even like done-for-you posts just so that they can do what they need to do and focus on what their superpower is as a creator and then as well as you can focus on your superpower as the marketer
0: yeah and there's two things you mentioned and like you're teaching them how to monetize themselves better if they never heard a whitelisting, scene it's like what is this and like treat it as an opportunity to educate but then like you're imparting knowledge. And I think there's a certain reciprocity of like, oh wow, these people really care. They're taking care of me and I'm learning a new skill. What a a great relationship, right? So I I think that don't be stingy with like, oh, this person doesn't know how to do it. I don't wanna work with them. Like go the extra mile, do the road work. And you know, while you're doing it, again, I'm a big process guy, process it, systematize it so that that becomes a playbook for you. You re-leverage it again with the next influencer and you you know start from scratch again, but it gets easier. It's almost like an FAQ section on your site. As you get questions, to back in the system so you've got it and it just creates this wonderful blend of back and forth with people so it's really not that hard to do ugc ads so if you're like oh wow i've never done that it's too advanced it, it's really not but i guess one thing i'd like to go back to a little bit with regards to payments because still like i, I think some people get in the influencer marketing they're like um i don't have the cash for it so i can't do it and there are some paid deals and i think majority of influencers want to be paid up front because if you think of it from an influencer's perspective right you're asking me to put my name on the line for a product that may or may not work. Um, I got to try it first, and I'd want everyone to try it. I want there to be that authenticity, that genuine yes, I did try, testimonial feeling. But then, if you if it doesn't convert, well, they just created content really for nothing, right? Like they got a free product, but it's not converting. They're not making sales. So there's there's that like trade off. I'd like to hear your approach. If you're you know you're you're backed into a corner, you have to make a deal here. <laughs> what's your go-to responses to get them to go to RevShare? And, you know, there's another question that relates to, like, community building and relationship building, but I'd love to hear how, what's the Megan approach at going from a paid deal and trying to restructure to, like, an interest-aligned RevShare or hybrid-style deal? What have you done in the past that's worked?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. It's a tricky situation to be in because, of course, you want to keep paying them for what they do, but if it doesn't make sense, then... You can't do that. And I think, I think that you need to think how this can be a valuable partnership beyond that financial component. So what can I do for this person or this influencer that will still make them feel valued, encourage them to still promote and post and basically be a part of the team and the community and feel special and help that relationship and keep it going long-term and help them stay a raving fan. So you have to get kind of creative and there's different ways that you could promote them and every company's different. And you have to think in terms of what do they want? Well, if they're an influencer, they want followers. They want eyeballs on their stuff. They want engagement. Okay, maybe there's a way that you as a brand can help them with that goal. And so you could offer to feature them on your website, feature them on your social media, feature them in an email or interview them for an email. Or if your brand has a podcast, invite them on and make them a star and have them share their knowledge. And that will really help the relationship and they'll still feel compelled to be a part of what you're doing. I also think in this scenario, mission-focused brands are really starting to set up apart from other brands because as an influencer, there's so many different companies you could work with. So why are they choosing the ones that they're choosing to work with? One, it could be the financial component. There's a lot of transactional relationships out there and that's fine, but it could be the mission behind your company and the people behind your company and what you're doing is in alignment with what they're doing. So for example, if I was a medical doctor influencer and you came to me and couldn't afford to pay my fees, if I see that my that your product and me promoting it helps share the message and helps people feel better, lives their best lives, we're in alignment there, I could still be inclined to share your product knowing that I might not get paid as what big corporate company could afford to pay me at that time. So just being willing to work together with them. And then also with the long-term goal being the same, the long-term goal is everybody wants to make money together and grow together. And I think if that partner has the same mindset as the brand, that's going to be easier as well. You won't have to convince them as much to think about the long-term vision. And it's very, very easy once you start talking to more influencers to distinguish who is the transactional influencer and who is the influencer that's mission-driven or cares about their followers and their niche? And they're really doing what they're doing with purpose and passion. And that becomes very clear. And then for you as a marketer, it's very clear who you want to work with.
0: Mm, that's that's a great distinction. Transactional influencers and mission-based influencers. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think of it in a different way. But I like I like the way you labeled both of those sep- like separate influencers. And... I'll also add a little thing that I've done in the past. If there's somebody you really want to work with, I'm willing to pay the first paycheck just to get the intro started and get the relationship started, but then come back and be like, I'd love to continue working with you. You know, we're doing decent, but unfortunately, you know, the payments just don't make sense. And you can focus on the ROI, right? And and at that point, it's up to the influencer to say, do I believe in this mission? Do I believe in the story enough that I want to continue at this with a different structure, being a hybrid deal where maybe you're paying 50% of the rate or whatever you guys decide on, and taking a cut of the commissions. That's the influencer you want to work with because it's somebody that understands the needs of business, but also respects themselves enough to say, I still need a bit of payment. You know, I want to be accountable to you, but I also, you know, also want commissions, et cetera. So that's my that's the ultimate influencer. Now, can you get away with transactional influencers? I think so. Like UGCs can still be produced at, you know, there's sites, uh, I don't know, like Bilio. There's a couple other like UGC sites. I don't know which ones the best ones are because we don't use them that much. But like really my my goal is to develop those emotional story-based slash purpose-driven mission influencers because they're loyal. And I know that you, like, I really admired the way you paid attention to that from the beginning, both from like, how does the brand look? How does it feel? What are people talking about beyond just how much money are we making? So what are some like tips to create that wonderful community as you build this influencer army or influencer family for a more friendly term?
1: Yeah, the community aspect is probably the most powerful thing that any brand can build for their longevity and staying power and relevancy if they want to be sustainable long term. The best partnerships or influencers or ambassadors or creators are always the one that come ones that come inbound. They're already on board with what you're doing. They're already begging to work with you. Those are those people are a dream come true. And as your company and your brand gets bigger and bigger. Those will come through the pipeline more frequently. So that's always awesome to have, but it does take time to get to that point. So building your community of people that are like-minded, the mission thing, once again, so important. Everybody's on the same mission. It's very clear. And bringing those people together. And I think that's what a lot of brands are missing the mark on right now. And what I'm seeing with ambassador programs that are being built. Is they're building ambassador programs or influencer programs, but they're not building community. And they're actually looking at it differently. They're looking at it as though their customer base is their community. And that's fine. And that's its own community. But that's not your community of raving fans. Your ambassador or influencer group, that's your community of raving fans that are going to tell everybody about you word of mouth. They're going to share on social. They're going to be eager to try and test out your new products before they launch. And then connect those people together because now you have people with a common interest or mission and they get to meet each other and now they have new relationships or partnerships because remember, influencers can collaborate with other influencers on posts and content creation and IG lives, podcast swaps and all this stuff too. So now by you as the brand helping facilitate that for these people, there's even more value in the relationship that you're bringing to them beyond just payment or affiliate commissions or free product and swag and merch. I will say though that swag, merch, calling your community a name is really powerful to bring everybody together and giving them exclusive opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise get if they weren't part of this special community. So all these things help keep these people engaged. And it's your job as whoever's in charge of this group to nurture that relationship and educate them and continue to give them different promotional opportunities and opportunities to succeed. So that's what I would say to that question. Community is the most powerful, powerful thing for the future of marketing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and those are amazing things. And I'll uh, we'll have a couple of the little tactics that we use, but imagine that, like you have people that wanna go out of their way to be part of your world and your community. Like that's a, that's a beautiful partnership, right? Like that's so much more than just money. The, and these are people that are gonna go out of their way to recommend you. They're gonna be people that have their your products on hand, recommending the friends and family and doing intros for you. Like this is literally, uh, you know, I, I always use analogies and metaphors, but like, it's like a garden you're planting. Influencer marketing and affiliates and networks and partnerships. The seeds might not take root right away. It might not grow up, you know, in the next couple of weeks, but these are things that you can go pick later on and harvest. And it's, maybe it's a bad way to put harvest because harvesting people is a really bad way to put that, but it is something you want to build and kind of maintain and nurture, water, grow. And a couple of things you mentioned too, like having a family name, like we've got like the bio tribe as an example, right? Like that's cool. Mm-hmm. We have the VIP group that gets, and we rename the partnerships channel, the VIP partnerships, right? Everyone's an important person now. And it, it's things like that, that, I think go the extra mile for the person and, and look, looks like we're actually doing something that, you know, we do care because we actually do. It's not like, hey, let's pretend we care. We do care about influencers and we care about our customers and reaching more. Some other things that might be good to kind of implement. And, uh, you know, if you want to like add any other ones here, because I'm just thinking like community, how you can build that, how you can create that within the confines of what you're doing in each business is different. Getting products to people on a regular basis, if you have a consumable product, the more often that they have a chance to earn and get products the more they have chances to get the product and use it, but also post about it. So that's a really, uh, to me, it's a competitive advantage as opposed to just like maybe you send them a book once. They're not going to be posting about the book all the time. So consumables are really cool too. Groups are awesome, like Facebook groups or like community mastermind groups that you can get together and kind of discuss ideas. Are there any other things that like companies or product owners can start to do to build that community?
1: Host their own live events and invite those people. So, try to, whether if you have a corporate office, invite those people in on special days or give them tickets to events that you're going to be at or conferences that you're going to be at that are open to the public that they could maybe come to. Get them tickets or use that as a reward so you can create contests and then people can win these types of opportunities. Even just sometimes inviting these people on calls can change the relationship in a positive way because a lot of the communication is just done over email, over phone. So having calls from people taking the time to just get to know more about what they have going on and just with no ulterior motive or intention, just building the relationship, that can really be powerful and make these people feel, wow, like this brand really cares about me because maybe these other brands I'm working with, it's still just been a virtual relationship on email. So creating more person behind the brand. Another thing I love to do is surprise and delight gifting. So writing handwritten cards, little thoughtful gifts. If one of your influencers or ambassadors, you know, like had a baby or some big life event, being there for them for that event will help you and your brand stand out amongst everyone else. So just keeping tabs on what's going in these people's lives, going on in their lives and being there for them. I love sending special holiday gifts to the top people and they're not expecting that because they would expect a gift from your brand to be product right yeah. so for you to give them something that's totally unrelated maybe in the same category but unrelated to your product so it has nothing to do with promoting your or wanting them to promote your brand they will organically because that's so awesome that you even were thinking of them to send them this present or this handwritten card now, you're going to be in the top of mind whenever they're going to go about their promotions or creating their content or who do they want to work with today? It's going to be you.
0: I love that. And by the way, still my blue light blockers.
1: Oh, nice.
0: We can't love get these anymore. And I wish we could. Really? I'm still trying to source them. Oh, but no. There's a, so, one of the secret little missions I have on the podcast is to develop uh, 101 partner up power moves on connection strategies. So, that someone's okay. got like a playbook to just fill and like go back to and say, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try uh-huh. this. One of the things that you did in, in the past, and I remember because like it takes a lot to impress Matt, the co-founder of Bio Optimizers, and you had sent them Magic Spoon, right? Like I don't think he's ever even heard of that company. He was like blown away that. So finding something that somebody doesn't know about that impresses them obviously goes like well, uh, way above and beyond. And it's very difficult to do that. You want to pick who you do with selectively. You can't do with every influencer unless you have unlimited budget, which then go for it. But on the connection strategy, the one thing I will say uh, as an introvert myself and and just being like, how do I protect myself and how do I not forget things? Like that's always been my my key to success, I feel, is um, I schedule these things. So like I've got a little tracker sheet, right? And everyone should have these and a CRM could do the same thing. But if you're trying to bootstrap it, like, you know, bootstrapper budget, which is making we talk about bootstrapper budgets for for all the people in the podcast and the courses that I have. I really want to focus on people that don't want to spend a lot of money off off the bat. Okay. So like a okay. little Google sheet, you can totally plug these things in. Day one, you do this. Day three, you do this. Day seven. And every day you're just going in or have your assistant go in and they're following the system. They're following the script. And one day it's a Loom video. One day it's the the AI video software. I already forget the name now. But like, memorize. yeah, all of those things can be systematized in some way. And then if once you got the budget for it, plug it into CRM. You know, it's the same system, but then you're not kind of manually doing it anymore. And there might be notifications you can set up to say, by the way, it's time to look at a gift for Megan. It's been like six months and it's time to look at what she needs. Um, so like, it's just, it's a matter of putting in the reps, treating this like a business and like relationships. And, you know, if whenever you were hired and we started affiliate management, affiliate management, it's, it's all partnership management to some degree, right? Like there's always things we can leverage for influencers and affiliates. They're all of the same type of person influencers I mean they're more personality based endorsements so a little bit um, more advanced I think but that's why a lot of affiliate managers start to get into influencer managers or you know become influencer managers so all wonderful things and I want to get into some personal questions in just a second part of like my podcast mission again is to get to know the person and ask some really probing questions although I know you quite well there's still some things I want to ask you today But before we get into that, um, I want to give an opportunity, anything else that is useful and valuable to anyone listening that wants to get into influencer marketing that you want to just mention, talk about today?
1: There's so much I could go on all day. I do want to say something interesting because every marketer should know about this case study that happened recently. And it's just a good example of -of out-of-the-box type of partnership ideas that can be very, very lucrative. And that was, there was recently an Alex Earl is a big TikToker from the University of Miami, and she blew up over the course of a year, has millions of followers, charges like $175,000 for a TikTok. Keep in mind, a TikTok could be like five seconds. So she's really doing well for herself. And so there's a company called Amino Energy, and they partnered up with her and did a limited edition energy drink collaboration. And they sold out in less than 24 hours of launching. All they did was launch it on her TikTok, and they did a party in Miami and sold out. They made millions and millions of dollars. And the reason why this is a really incredible case study, is because when it comes to influencer marketing and monetizing, a good way you can monetize if somebody has a really engaged audience and they're really respected and a thought leader is you could do limited edition collaborations, limited edition product runs using that person's likeness and their name as social proof to generate hype and sell that product and also use the concept of scarcity so that people are rushing to order it or pre-order it before it sells out so that they can get what's cool and trending. So I just wanted to share that because I I've been studying that case study and I'm just blown away by the results that they had.
0: That's incredible. I think (laughs) everyone would strive to like run that playbook. Yeah. I'm excited. Do you have to send me more details on that after the call too? I'd like to Mm -hmm. that a little bit more. It's been an amazing conversation. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, insights, and everything you're seeing trend. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Wellness Influence. So for those of you who don't know, Megan's the founder of Wellness Influence. Uh, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, there's no co-founders, just you? Just hopefully. me. All right. What is Wellness Influence? Who can benefit? And uh, what's, your, what's your mission with the company?
1: Right. I started Wellness Influence because I really wanted to work with brands that... I care about that are in alignment with my personal mission and vision. And I just, as a nutritionist, I'm so critical about product claims and labels and studies. And I see so much garbage out there of people using the term all natural, which means absolutely nothing. And people are buying into it and thinking that this these products or this stuff is like really, really good for them when really it's horrible and they have no idea. So I know that With the power of partnership marketing, you can have a huge reach and make a big impact. And I really, really wanted to do that for brands that I personally vetted and cared about. So I offer consulting for influencer marketing services. I offer small-scale social media, as well as my bread and butter, which is influencer gifting or product seeding. So getting product into people's hands.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And yeah. Megan's a superstar. I highly recommend checking her out if you're getting into influencer marketing and you need any of those services or just want to pick her brain more than what we got on this podcast today. I'm going to drop a few links in, in the show notes, but uh, we've got a little special hookup for everyone listening to the podcast. Uh, Megan's going to do me a little favor. So it's wellnessinfluence.com slash P-U-P wellness, W-E-L-L, W-E-L-L, influence, wellness, influence. Anyways, show notes. I'm terrible at spelling on on live on the call. And uh, hashtag or at wellnessinfluence and LinkedIn, Meg Haley. And it's easy to find people. This is your job if you're a partnership marketing. So good luck to you. And thank you, Megan. Now let's get into one other thing. Two other things, actually. I've got okay. one big question for you. What is, so I've got, again, I'm trying to compile like the best partner up power moves that people can do to connect in a strategic way. That's beyond anything that's out there today. So what's your best secret? And you've gave it a lot of secrets today. So I could probably handpick any of those, but is there one that you've been holding back? Like, how would you get someone's attention today? If you, I said, Megan, get get a hold of this guy for me, you know, and I'm going to give you X amount of dollars. Like what would be your first strategy and wh- what's the first move you're doing?
1: You cut out for the first part of that, but I can, I think by the tail end, you're asking what is the a top secret power move for connecting with anybody.
0: Exactly. So like, you know, gifting a book, but like what else can we do? What other power moves do you have in your arsenal here?
1: Well, see, I don't like to be ignored. And I think that you can get through to anybody if you really want to and it's called operation network infiltration. Mm -hmm. So to get to who you want to get to, you have to look at everybody in their social circle. And while you're trying to get to that person in the middle, you have to try to get to everybody else first and warm introductions can help with this. You have to figure out everybody's, everybody's situation is gonna be different, but how can I offer value and lead with value just to get closer to their circle? And like I've said before, use social media and the internet to find out as much as you can about this person and their interests and where what conferences they're gonna attend. You know, me and Wade Lightheart didn't just meet by choice at a health conference. I went to the health conference with the intention of meeting people in this industry that are like-minded. I didn't know exactly who I was going to meet, but I know these were the types of people that I wanted to meet and this is where I had to be to meet them. So getting in the right rooms, masterminds can help. You really just have to be creative, be relentless and keep going and don't accept no or don't accept being ignored. And it might take, by the way, years. Okay, <laughs> And I know, Joey, I'm- with the story of a certain individual that we were trying to work with at Bioptimizers. I was relentless with following up with this person every few weeks like clockwork or every holiday, every excuse, every reason. But guess what? Finally, when they were ready, I was in the front of their mind and they reached out and it worked. So you just you just have to be there.
0: Absolutely, I can't agree more. And yeah, I mean, I always like the abundance mentality so, even if I'm dealing with somebody front of house and they you know, there's not really connection, like I don't know, let's say I'm outreaching Joe Rogan because you know Joe Rogan's got the biggest podcast in the world, right? If I'm dealing with this assistant, I'm giving them products. It's not because I'm not going hold to Joe Rogan. i'm I'm thinking like, well, this person here is connected to Rogan at some point, right? So, like, and I want to be a good human, too. It's not just that like, you know, what do I, what's in it for me if I give this person product. So love that. Um thank you for sharing those. And now we're going to get into some fun quick fire personal questions. So this is a set of 10 questions to ask everybody on the podcast. I've stolen this move from my friend, Carrie, So I I loved it on his podcast. And I was like, I'm going to do that whenever I start. So first thing that pops in your mind, don't think too much about it. All right. You ready?
1: Quick fire. Okay, I'm ready.
0: So favorite food?
1: Okay. Spicy chicken ramen from True Food Kitchen.
0: Wow. Okay, that's specific. It was
1: specific. Yeah. Best memory? Best memory. I went on a day trip to the bahamas recently i surprised my husband and it was trip of a lifetime bucket list trip i'd recommend it to everyone you'd fly out from florida and back in the same day and you get to go to on six different excursions in the bluest water you've ever seen and you get to see pigs and sharks and all these crazy things it's magical you feel like you've done a week's worth of vacation in less than 12 hours
0: wow okay that's going on the list. If you had another go round and you got to write a new story for your life, what would it be in thirty seconds or less?
1: I mean, there's a lot of would have, should've, could have, but it's hard to know the unknown because this is the only life I've known. And I'm really happy with how my life has turned out and where I've got to be. So what if I don't mm-hmm. want to rewrite it? I mean, it's sure a- there's some some things, but then everything that's difficult that's happened has made you the person that you are today. And <clears throat>
0: And, have and to that's be an answer. for that. That's you okay. You need to rewrite anything. So perfect. What's the best productivity hack? And I know you've got a ton of them because you're a productivity ninja as well, just like me. What's your number one productivity hack that you've been using recently uh, that you've implemented and seen a great result from?
1: Yep. Yeah, I love all these hacks. Mm-hmm. Recently, I implemented an email triaging system where I have two members on my team and one of them has access to my email and I. Merge, I use a third party email software called Newton, which I'm not sure I would recommend specifically, but there's other ones out there. There's some kinks with this one, but I can take all my Gmails, my Outlooks, I have so many different emails, merge them into one place, and then I have my assistant go in every day and triage all my emails so that I have a specific inbox of action items and follow-ups where I go into, so I don't even see a lot of those. So now instead of spending hours and hours a day in email, I'm going straight to my action items, bumping out exactly what I need to do. And if it's the scenario over email that happens more than once, I can create a process and a script around this, pass that off. And now that type of scenario won't end up in the action items inbox. So it will take even more off my plate. And that is what I learned from Joey Van Cort. (laughs)
0: That's powerful. And I don't know if I invented it, but um, I'm a big fan of uh, inbox management and systems to protect your time so that you've got time to do what you want in your zone of geniuses. We're going to have you on a different podcast. We're going to do a whole other episode on productivity. So I know we got a lot more on that. Kind of a personal question for me, I've been kind of contemplating this a lot, is like, not do I want to retire, but do you want to retire? Yes or no? And if yes, what else do you want to be doing? And if not, what are you continuing to do?
1: You know, sometimes I think about that And I think about the people who live and people close to me that have lived their whole life doing the right thing and what they needed to do to take care of their families and everything, maybe not their passion, until retirement, and then they only start living for themselves. And that's at like age 60, 65, and that's so sad. And I think about my life right now and what I've done and accomplished. And I think if I was to retire now, I don't think what I would be wanting to do it'd be very different from what I'm doing right now. I'd just play more pickleball. But I mean, I really think that right now, in on the right path, helping the people I want to help, doing what I want to do, taking care of my family. And so I guess the answer is I don't really see myself retiring because I think I would just become bored and depressed. And then I would start some a bunch of businesses probably.
0: Yeah, most <laughs> entrepreneurs, it's like if I was retired, I'd start more business, which is not really retirement.
1: Yeah, but that's not retirement.
0: <laughs> I love that, and I don't, I don't really judge anybody if they're in a situation where it's like I want to retire. I don't like what I'm doing. I just, I think everyone should be striving for like what does retirement look like, or what does your ideal situation look like? And if that is doing nothing every single day, cool. But like, I'd get bored. So I'm with you, and I mm-hmm. think, you know, you're you're still, um, you know, you're you're young and you're very wise for your age, right? Like, there's a lot of things that. I'd love for people in school to understand that, have that mentality right from the beginning because it's difficult coming out of high school. And I know it's not really related to what we're talking about today with influencer marketing, but like for those of you who are on a path of like, I don't like my journey. I want to retire because I hate what I'm doing. Maybe it's time to check out a different path. Like I just, that's also another passion of mine is like get out of what you hate and start looking at what you want to actually be doing because life is short. So what book changed your life?
1: The Untethered Soul is one I always go back to, to reread every year. I love the messages in that book. I'm all about making peace with your mental space and forgiveness and gratitude and knowing yourself and trusting yourself. There's a lot that can be discovered in your own mind. So I really love that book.
0: You're going to take note. By, Mike, by okay.
1: Michael Singer.
0: Michael Singer. Okay. What do you want to be remembered for?
1: My personal mission is really to help people feel their best every day and live really healthy lives. And that's also from my own past of going through so many health struggles, becoming a nutritionist to live this purposeful life. And now why I work with specific health and wellness brands that are also on the same path, as well as I started a um, functional medicine clinic to help people with longevity, the um, functional medicine, peptides, anti-aging, all that stuff because, well, I was doing it anyways, so I might as well start that company. And I see the future going that direction. But really, it's how can it help as many people as possible? And it doesn't have to be always through like physical ways. It can be maybe I've said something to someone that caused their mindset to shift and they thought about something in a different way. Really just helping people be their best selves.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great legacy to to consider. And uh, yeah, I like that one a lot. What's one thing you'd want to celebrate in a year from today if we were to meet up again at the same day a year from today? What are we celebrating?
1: In a year from today. So that will be a part owner in an energy drink company that's really fast growing. And joy I'd love to send you some sometime no. when you're in the States, can't go to Canada. And I would love to see a big deal with like, big private equity or, you know, some sort of big sale um happen with that company and it it's gonna happen in one year.
0: Let's start manifesting. Put yeah. it on the docket. I'm putting a reminder by the way. So this is <laughs> back to you like thirty days before next year. So
1: Okay. I'm not in complete control of that outcome. However, my efforts do contribute. So I'm doing what I can.
0: And finally, this might be the bucket list item, but what is one bucket list item that you still have to do in your life? Or like, what's a chapter that you still want to write? Like, what's the next chapter of Megan that you'd love to, you know, put pen to paper on?
1: Well, I would love, I love traveling, which is why I love being a digital remote worker. However, now that I'm married to somebody who has a physical business, it keeps me kind of trapped in this place, which is fine. It's a great place to be. But I would love to travel and explore Asia, in particular, Bali and Thailand, and just see how they live and explore the culture and the food and all the things over there. That's still a big, I feel like that's going to impact my life in a big way that I don't even know yet, that type of trip. So I need to do that. Absolutely.
0: Sounds like a great one. Megan, it was awesome chatting with you today. Um, For those of you listening, hope you got one thing to take away and there was a lot to take away. So go ahead and re-listen to it. Take the power moves, take all the influencer marketing advice that we give and we heard today. Megan, thank you again for being on the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Joey. And really, I owe everything that I have accomplished, I feel like, right now to you and your mentorship and guidance and believing in me and trusting in me. And like just I'm overflowing with gratitude. I'm so thankful that our paths crossed and I was able to learn from you and- have you by my side as we grew our team together for those years
0: absolutely and thank you i love reconnecting on like these calls we're gonna have another one we're gonna have megan back on the podcast we're gonna talk productivity and new trends that are coming out because it's changing like every single day so we're gonna have you back on thank you check out all our stuff get on some calls with her but yeah keep following her thank you again hope you enjoyed today's episode we'll see you again on the next one take care all right, just before you go, make sure to visit partnerupprofits.com. Sign up to the weekly newsletter to get the latest trends and updates on partnership marketing strategies that include affiliates and influencers. I promise it won't be boring, it'll be worth it, and you'll get notified when new episodes go live, and you'll also get instant access to any new tools that I build and add to the Partner Up Profits collection. Be sure to check it out often as I'm adding new things all the time. Go to partnerupprofits.com today. That's all we've got for this Partner Profits podcast episode. As always, I hope you leave here today with one new idea that you can apply to your life and business. I'd be forever grateful to you for leaving a review of this episode. And if you like it, rate it a five or give it a thumbs up and just leave a quick comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at partnerofprofits.com on social media. And please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, you're just one partnership away from changing your business. Let others do the selling for you and get ready to partner up and profit.